Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Bazinga! Why? We just finished week six, baby! Well, we still have a very important game tonight that we have on while we record, and you and I both have fantasy implications in this game. So a lot of them. My eye will be on the game. Aaron Jones got to come back in. He's no longer benched after his terrible drop pass and fumble. He just had a nice 10-yard run there. How do you feel about that? Does it hurt you? It does hurt me. I actually... So I'm, I'm at... Nine out of twelve wins this week, which I'm pretty pretty stoked about. But Aaron Jones needs to really screw this one up for me to win in the last couple leagues. He's trying, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, he, he he's tried his best. He's dropped a beautiful, beautiful long touchdown pass. He fumbled the ball. I just need him to keep it up. Yeah, keep up Jam- the good work, Aaron. <laughs> and Jamal Williams is looking good. We have an injury down now that's MVS. Hopefully he's okay. It doesn't look too great. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later if we get an update. Yeah. Uh, do you Welcome wanna... in. Guys, this is the Ball Blast Podcast, uh, by the way. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. That's I... probably what we should lead with. <laughs> and people are like, who are we listening to? We don't know these people's names. Yeah, the identity crisis is real for us. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And you can follow Michelle, that's me, at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. And we are a proud member of the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. Big shout out to those guys for making making things happen for us. We love what they do over there. Check out the Fantasy Feast Podcast with Ross Tucker um, and and enjoy the the myriad of fantasy excitement that we have to bring you. Let's get into some news. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. This just in. Geronimo Allison is terrible at being a wide receiver. Stop it. He's just really bad. I don't know. He's getting a ton of targets tonight, but I feel like he maybe has two or three catches for, like, nothing. He to be fair, can't catch all, a ball. I mean, there's nobody on Green Bay that can catch a ball. They are sorely missing Devonta Adams. Hey, of course, as soon as I say that, he catches ball. I swear, I had to put people down for them to be good. Anytime I put someone down, especially when I share it on Twitter, they are fantastic. They're just like, uh, they like see me and they're like, Michelle, we're going to prove you wrong. They literally see you. Remember when you tweeted about Ito Smith? You didn't tag Ito Smith because people that do that are. Yeah, I didn't tag him, but I did say Ito is a pile of poop. I used the poop emoji and he ended up liking that tweet. At least you used the pile of poop emoji and yeah. you didn't just literally write pile hey, of poop. Hey, he's been okay. He's been decent, year. yeah. I mean, not great, but he's been okay. Yeah. Let's get into the myriad of injuries that has befallen us in week six. I feel like we're in true mid-season form at this point with the pile-ups that we are starting to see from all different angles. Shall we get into some injury updates that plagued us before the big week six? So... I think the biggest news, obviously, would be Cam Newton, who has missed the last several games due to a Liz Frank injury. He's officially been cleared to practice 
does he get his job back? Yes, I think he does. Why is this even debatable? Yeah, Kyle Allen, because he's now 5-0 and in career starts. The Panthers started 0-2 with Newton, and, you know, they're now 4-0 without him. Cam Newton was not healthy, though. Yeah, that's exactly the point. Cam Newton hasn't been healthy for a long time since the end of last year when he was out. Yes, they were losing, but Newton was hurt, and you never want to play with a hurt quarterback, especially when you're Newton. Like, you use your mobility to have success. Cam's not a great thrower. He needs to be able to, you know, run around to make those plays. So I think once he's good, he's good to come back. He will be a a good fantasy play, and he'll be good for the Panthers. This is silly to think he could lose his job, but I don't know if he comes back week eight. Do you think so? Uh, I mean, I think if he's cleared medically to practice, why wouldn't he? I would just really want to make sure. I think it's a brutal matchup. I want to make sure as him, like as Cam himself and as a team, that he is 100% and can run and can do everything he can. Because then if he does struggle and the team does lose, then it actually does become a quarterback controversy. Controversy? Controversy. Am I saying that right? (laughs) Controversy. Where fans are going to say, Kyle Allen, like, where are you? Come back. And you don't want that. That would be the worst thing for your franchise. It really would. And I do think that it's a rough, rough matchup. The 49ers defense, we saw this week, they are legitimate. I think you should let Kyle Allen stay in. I honestly (laughs) do. For that matchup, because... This is, again, like you want the fan base to be behind Newton. You want, you want the them nation, to be confident. Yeah, you want the nation to believe in Cam Newton. And if he comes out against San Fran and struggles, which he will, because it's the San Fran defense who's been shutting down everybody, then it's going to become this whole thing. So sit him one more week. Yeah. Speaking of quarterback controversy, uh, Josh Rosen, who got the vote of confidence last week that he would be the starter rest of the season, was benched for Ryan's, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzmagic. It, that makes no sense to me. You literally just came out, told everyone that Josh Rosen was the quarterback for your team for the rest of the season. And then middle of the game, where they weren't out of it. That was the thing. It's not like they were losing by 25, 30 points. They were still in the game, obviously, because Fitzpatrick came back. It was just very weird to me to bench him then. And they've already come out to say that it's likely that Rosen will be the starter next week and moving forward. So I don't know what don't Miami's it. doing. I ha, These teams that go back and forth between quarterback, 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 like you got to make a decision because... I think they've already made the decision that Rosen's not going to be their guy next year, but you still need to... Give the dude a chance. Hashtag tanking for two. I had to play him in a super flex league. I told people that last week. I had to play him in Case Keenum because three of my quarterbacks were on buy or hurt. How did that work out for Um, you? Josh Rosen got me negative four points. Awesome. Case Keenum was fine. That's almost a Baker Mayfield-like performance. Another quarterback controversy, Marcus Mariota was benched in favor of former Miami quarterback Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan now, Tannehill looked better than Mariota, so now they have to make he? a decision. I don't know. He yeah. didn't light it up. They were. It was still a shutout against yeah. the Denver Broncos. He was still pretty bad. He was still pretty bad, but I'm just saying he looked better than He Mariota. looked better for Corey Davis. Corey Davis actually saw some targets with Ryan Tannehill in the game. Did something with them. Yeah, barely. Ish. Kind of. He got like 30 yards or okay. something like that. Yeah. Better than most games. Yeah. So, if, I mean, if Ryan Tannehill is announced the starter, they did say they were going to announce it tonight, but I haven't seen anything about that yet. Then you have some hope. 
if you are a Corey Davis truther, and there's a lot of them out there. So it's this, probably available on all of your waiver wires. Yep. This is your this is your time. If you love Corey Davis, then you better be you know playing him or picking him up at least because he's supposed to be amazing. If it wasn't for Marcus Mariota. So we'll see what happens there. But I could see them going back to Marcus Mariota and just saying hit, it's one bad game. Did y'all hit on the, the sarcasm there in Michelle's <laughs> Michelle's voice? Um, moving on, Sammy Watkins uh, had a hamstring injury that took him out of week five uh, pretty early in the game. Was absent week six. Might have a chance to return for Thursday night football. That scares me. It does. It just takes sort of one tweak to that hamstring. I would prefer to have him sit out, then they get a long week uh, for him just to take it easy, come back fully healthy, because then you're going to see the primary coverage. You got a double team. Tyree Kill should leave Watkins open for some work. Sammy Watkins is king of playing when injured. And then getting hurt on the first drive. Yep. And then sitting out. So even if he plays, I'm not playing him. I, like... Like you said, I think with Tyreek Hill back, Sammy Watkins actually gets more work. Uh, he'll have more, you know, be open a little bit more, have an easier time. But let that hamstring heal up. Like you said, it's a it's a long then 10 days after that. Let him play in week eight, sit out week seven. Yeah, I like that. Chris Herndon was activated from the suspension list, has a hamstring injury, but you have to imagine that if they are going to go ahead and activate him to the roster that... They feel pretty confident that he should be able to play this week because I don't imagine that yeah, unless, they would make the move unless they... Yeah, unless there was some type to. of deadline, but I do I do agree with you. If they're going to activate him, that means they think he can practice and play because why waste that roster spot if not? So I do think Herndon can play. It's a rough matchup, though. You don't, you're not really excited to start anyone against the Pats. It's a rough matchup, and because it's a Monday night game, if he's inactive, what yeah. are you going to do? Then you're going to have to play a, a New England tight oh, end. Oh, God. Or, I guess, uh, Ryan Griffin. But, yeah, that puts you in a tough spot. So unless they for sure come out and say he's going to play, which I doubt we get that information, then you're going to have to look elsewhere this week. But Herndon should be on your bench if he's out there stashing. Yeah, for sure. We're we're gonna talk about him later. AJ Green has a chance to suit up week seven versus the Jaguars. Uh, got in limited practices last week, so that's a positive sign. But they have been non-committal about his status, so keep updated on that. Evan Ingram has resumed practicing, likely to return week six against the Cardinals. <gasps> he better miss er, week seven. You mean week seven against the Cardinals, and he better not miss that. He oh, better not miss that he's game. He's gonna go B A N A N A S. <laughs> this is bananas. A N A N A S. That Ingram is Ingram. Is bananas. B A N A N A S. That is going to be the juiciest matchup yeah, of the year. Is. He is absolutely outstanding. He's so good. They also could be getting Saquon Barkley back from the high ankle sprain. So he got in some limited practices last week. New York Giants are just one game behind the Cowboys and the Eagles, who are both three and three. Uh There is actually hope. And they didn't play the Patriots that bad. They they were in it. They played pretty well. Daniel Jones looks like he's going to be a a decent franchise quarterback. Yeah. He looks good. 
I think, I mean, it wasn't obviously an ideal game for Jones. He did make some mistakes, but it's the New England Patriots. He's a rookie against the New England Patriots. That was, you know, obviously we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. That was expected. But he, I think like watching him, he looked okay. And he's looked good since he's, you know, started over Eli Manning. So I trust Jones actually in in this game. They can beat the Cardinals. And yeah. Dallas, one of Dallas and Philly have to lose because they're playing each other. So then it becomes really interesting. They could be tied for second place. It's going to get incredible. wild in that division. That division's always crazy. It, remember Dallas and Philly last year were both terrible teams until midseason. It looked like, you know, Washington Redskins were going to win that division last year all the way through midseason, and then it completely changed. So, so many changes are about to happen. Yeah. After, you know, even after week six, the NFL will look completely different in six more weeks. Yeah, it is, is incredible crazy. how quickly things can change. But for the Giants, uh, Sterling Shepard has a long shot to suit up in week seven. So that's kind of interesting. You did see Golden Tate come out, have 100 yards and a touchdown against the Patriots, which I believe that was the first receiving touchdown they've allowed so far in the season. Yeah, I think so too. Sterling Shepard is, yeah, he's not going to play this week, I don't think. Second concussion in, uh, was that a three-week time span? So sounds like he's still, still having symptoms. So keep an eye on that. But I am sort of excited for Golden Tate moving forward. I think he will be an integral part of this offense. And if they can keep all of their offensive weapons healthy, I, I think they might have See, a... I'm not excited about Golden Tate. I'm not excited. They had nobody. They, they got a pass at the Golden Tate, I guess. I was still shocked that he put up that performance against the Patriots. But when you're out Barkley, when you're out Ingram, when you're out Sterling Shepard, like once you add those pieces in, he only had six receptions. He just had a long, you know run after the catch. Leave me alone. I, I don't like Golden Tate, and many people do, but maybe I'm just being a hater. Amari Cooper suffered a bruised quad in week six, and it looks like he could be out week seven. So that's something we need to keep an eye on. Dak is much better with Amari. And I still think even uh, Michael Gallup is better with Amari Cooper. So I'm hoping as a Gallup, you know, truther owner in many leagues that Cooper gets back healthy as soon as possible. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that uh, helping to deter some of that coverage is is going to be important to Michael Gallup's uh, just ongoing development there. Emmanuel Sanders left Sunday with a knee injury, so they've got a Thursday night matchup. There's still a chance to suit up. Apparently it's not a, a severe injury, so that's good news for Emmanuel Sanders and also for uh, the one of the top wide receivers – in the NFL right now, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, they both kind of struggled this week, Sanders and Sutton, but I think they get back on track. Yeah. James Conner left uh, Sunday Night Football with a thigh injury. They are headed into the bye week. Uh, you also have Mason Rudolph, who missed this game. The whole team is is a little banged up, so the bye probably couldn't come at a better, better moment. But James Conner has been essentially carrying the Steelers on his back. The whole running game has. So Jalen Samuels has had his moments. Benny Snell looked good. James Conner, when he was in the game, looked great. He left early or else his... I mean, he was already one of the top running backs on the week. His fantasy day would have been absurd if he got to stay in that game. He was happy on the sidelines. He was, you know, cheering, jumping up and down. He did an interview afterwards. I think he's his thigh's fine. Like yeah. I, I think he's good to go for, you know, after the bye week eight. It's nice he gets this break. 
But it is interesting to see that he keeps getting hurt and having to leave the game. Even if every game, I think he's like that. But he also, he left the game, came back in the game. Left the game. I think if they weren't up by so much, he probably stays in. But when he exited, they were up by at least three touchdowns, I think, or two, two touchdowns plus. So I think he's fine. Seahawks. This one's a sad one. Seahawks fear Will Disley has torn his Achilles. It, he's been the tight end five. It's tight end five. He's so been far really in the good, season. and it, it looks really likely that he's going to miss the season. It's pretty much a done deal, which really stinks. They already traded away Nick Finette, so Luke Wilson is the guy. Not super excited about his fantasy production. I think more than anything, this might be a boost to Tyler Lockett. OJ Howard trade time maybe that'd be sick that would be sick or maybe i get to see a boost in my boyfriend dk metcalf actually they could use him in that situation he's a massive dude he's a massive dude and he's been getting end zone targets they haven't been high quality end zone targets but hey a target's a target a target yeah that's a good point i like that definitely boosts dk metcalf yeah use him in the red zone baby i love it let's get into grade the trade we had you guys over on Twitter send us your recent fantasy football trades so we can uh, pick a few of them, go through them, discuss them, talk about who wins that trade and why. Let's do it. Some days I'd be willing to trade my man for a really good what? Pool boy. Now, we didn't hear about any trades involving a pool boy, to my knowledge. That's sad. Although no we fun. did have a Kit Kat trade. We did. Someone said he traded a, a half a... Half a sa- half tuna, a tuna sa- sandwich. Yeah, half a tuna sandwich for a, a Kit Kat, and it was... A mini Kit Kat. A mini Kit Kat. I, I would take the half a tuna sandwich, personally. Maybe I like from tuna. You like tuna. I will take the Kit Kat. Panera bread tuna sandwich is so good. I guess it depends on what kind of tuna sandwich it was, because I do love me some Kit Kats. It's my favorite candy bar. But I just always would take the actual food over if chocolate because I'm not a huge chocolate girl. Kit Kat? No, it wasn't full size. So No, but I'm saying if it were. No, no I still the take trade? the half a tuna. <gasps> this is too much about the tuna conversation. Okay. We're, let's get into actual football trades. Our first one up is Chris Rhyme. Chris Rhyme said he traded in a dynasty league Lindsay and Landry for Juju in a 2022nd. So he gave away Philip Lindsay and Jarvis Landry. He received Juju Smith-Schuster in 2022nd. I love this. I think that's a perfect buy low for Juju in a dynasty league. This year he's going to struggle. He doesn't have been. He's going to struggle hard. But with Mason Rudolph, he actually hasn't been that bad. And you're selling him for someone like Philip Lindsay and Jarvis Landry, who is just as inconsistent as him. Yeah, I. so I, I think the interesting question would be, is he in contention? Because I think if you're in contention, Philip Lindsay and no. Jarvis Landry might be the better play. No, no, no. It doesn't even matter. You've got to think about the future as well for Dynasty. And like I just said, Philip Lindsay and Jarvis Landry bust just as many times as Juju has this year. Like, they both had a couple of good games. Juju with Mason Rudolph, four out of five games. or No, sorry, three out of four games. Has had over 75 yards. So he's doing okay. And then you get that 20-22nd, which is a nice little extra. A, I, nice I grade this an A+. Plus. A++. I would, plus plus. I would grade it an A-. minus. Okay. Just because I think that Philip Lindsay and Jarvis Landry do provide you a, 
two usable assets. I know that the Browns are struggling, but in their struggles, they actually have been looking to Jarvis Landry plenty. Philip Lindsay, he's somehow the running back, I think 12 on the season in PPR format. This is how you get people to trade you studs in Dynasty. You go buy them low with these two pieces that seem like they're something, but they're really nothing. I'm not saying I like the move from a long-term perspective, but I get it. Yeah, I get it. All right. Second up, we're going to redraft now. 10-team redraft, Coasty78 at Booze. Booze RCG um, said that he traded. So he traded away Stefan Diggs and Alvin Kamara. And he received Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller. I love this trade. I do too. I actually highlighted Stefan Diggs on my trade targets column as a sell today. I worry about the fact that the only production that they've really seen has come against softer defenses. They are going to return to the run. And That's inevitable. I think Alvin Kamara for Saquon is pretty even, but I'd still rather, I don't know. I, that's really easy. Or even Kamara and Barkley. They're just, they're both great. It looks like Barkley will be back this week. And honestly, Kamara's banged up. So you could be getting the healthier player. And then Stefan Diggs for Darren Waller, I think is fair straight up. That's crazy. That we, is absolutely crazy. Could you have imagined saying that coming into the season? No, absolutely not. But last week you couldn't have gotten Darren Waller by just giving Stefan Diggs. In a, in a PPR league, there's no way. Stefan Dix was doing nothing. So I think this is the perfect time to sell him. He's going to have good games, but I think he's inconsistent. He did say, too, this guy said that he lost Disley this week. Tight ends, there's just none of them. They don't grow so on trees. So if you need a replacement, you're not going to find one unless Hunter Henry or Herndon are still on your waiver. So I think if you need a tight end, this was a perfect trade to do this. I'm also giving this an A++. Uh, I give it a triple A plus. Ooh, a triple A plus. Yeah. Nice. You're, I you're, invented a new grading scale. You're a fun trade. teacher. I know. I, was, I, I would be the worst teacher. I'd give everybody A's because I just feel bad for people. No, you wouldn't. I was a teacher and there's just certain kids that you just know. F. You're like, oh, I really don't want to give you this A, but they never get A's. That's why you don't like them because they barely try. Oh, yeah. It was fine giving them D's or F's because you, it, it, what, it, what hurt the good students that tried so hard and they failed. You're like, no, or just kids that were trying and they just come on, that you smart. don't give them a little that bonus was sad. point. I definitely did. There were so many bonus points because my, yeah, they needed bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's just also kids that don't try at all. This and, trade doesn't need bonus points though. No, just saying. Sorry, got into teaching mother for a second. Third trade up at Corey Barnett. 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 I'm not the best pronunciator, so we know that. Sorry if I mess up your name. Half point, PPR League, 12-team redraft. He traded away Zeke and got carry-on and Lockett. Wow. Okay, so what side are you on there? I love me some Zeke, but he has been struggling this year a little bit. For Zeke. For Zeke, he's been struggling a little bit. Zeke has been struggling a little bit. He hasn't been as involved in the passing game. No, and the Dallas offense in general in the last few weeks when they've faced, um, you know, some tougher defensive matchups, they just haven't moved the ball quite as efficiently. Dak Prescott has been making some more mistakes. But as we've seen in, like, tonight's game, Kerryon Johnson just has not been the guy that we want him to be. He's not, and I was obsessed with Kerryon Johnson over the summer. And I still, like, I own him in a lot of things, and he's doing okay for you in fantasy. He is. He got a touchdown today that 
It only took him like a hundred tries to get in. He he's getting the volume. He's the only guy on the team. It's everything we wanted. Yeah, he just doesn't look special to me, which really hurts me to say. He just doesn't look that great. I thought he looked very special last season, though. So yeah, me it just too. makes me wonder what's me what's too. different this year. Uh, and then Tyler Lockett's a, a good piece to get there. I guess it always depends on if you need the depth. Because I think I'd rather Zeke over Carrion and Lockett if I don't need the depth. But if you need depth, it's nice to get those two pieces. He did send us our, his team. He has Michael Thomas, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans. So Bench doesn't look... Stellar. Yeah, so he is starting MVS in the in the flex spot here. He has Mike Williams on his bench, so you definitely could use that depth. I don't, I don't love the trade. I don't hate the trade. I would give it a give it a B. B. Yep, Jinx. B minus maybe. B. I'll just go straight B. I like both sides, but I do like getting the best player in deals a lot of the time. I do think Zeke's the best player in this deal. Oh, hands down. And I just think maybe you sold him for low right now because Zeke is struggling a bit, and I I do think he can get. Better, so that's why I go with a B. But I don't hate the trade. It's that's okay. a great point. If that trade came, like I'm sure there's there's got to be positive regression coming, right? Like, it, I I feel like Zeke just hasn't looked Zeke-ly. Yeah, he's not booming. He's not yeah. booming like CMC or he's Kamara. He's just not barreling through defenses like you just always expect him to. He he still is, but he's not. Like yeah. he just doesn't look. <laughs> As twinkly and as special. I, It'll I don't come. know. It'll it's going to come, though, and I'm sure you probably could get a lot more in that trade down the road. So, B. But maybe it doesn't come, and then it's a great trade. We So we have no idea yet. Fourth one and our last one. Sorry, guys. We got a ton of them sent to us. We picked out our four favorites to talk about. Uh, the fourth one is from Tommy Garrett at Tommy Garrett PFN. This is a dynasty trade. He's in rebuild mode. That's why I want to talk about it. I think this is a good time to evaluate your dynasty squad and say, do I need to rebuild or am I going for this? Like you got to decide, am I going for this yeah. for the trophy this year or do I need to just rebuild because my team is not that great? He's deciding to rebuild. He traded away some older pieces that are reliable. He traded away T.Y. Hilton, Devonta Freeman, and Chris Thompson. Okay? Okay. And he received Terry McLaurin, Devin Singletary, a 2021st, and a 2023rd. I love this trade. I This is... I love this trade. Because I think... I think right now, in a dynasty, I think Terry McLaurin for T.Y. Hilton is fine straight up. We really do. I love Terry McLaurin. I think he's one of the top wide receivers that are going to come up. We've seen him in some hard situations and still produce. Leading the league uh, in uh, rookies. Leading he's in the a rookies terrible situation. Yardage. Yeah, in and he's the worst still situation. Uh, I mean, the only worst situation he could be in would be in Miami. Thank God he's not there. But he still managed to produce despite uh, an offense that hasn't been able to establish the run, has had turnover at the quarterback position, I mean, this is a great buy low opportunity for him. Not not buy low, but buy before we really have the chance to say like, okay, is this going to be long-term production or not? Yeah. And then the other pieces, Devonta Freeman, I'm fine with selling away. We're going to talk about him later. uh, And like, I'll show you why I'm so fine with selling away, especially even in redraft. And you got back Singletary, who I think is going to be a young stud and getting that 2021st is just beautiful. So good job there, Tommy. I give that also. So we have three A plus pluses. I'm so sorry, Corey Barnett. You still, you still passed with your B. (laughs) All right. Let's get into like talk about 
awesome performers this past week that just won you weeks that maybe you're surprised by. Like you, you put them in your lineup and you're just hoping for something and they killed it for you. Let's do it. Awesome. Yes. I am back. I love them and love them. I don't care who knows it. Michelle, who won you your week six matchups? Who took you by surprise? So I actually didn't play him in anything, but actually I did in DFS. Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs, baby. That duo together team. killed it this week against Philadelphia, who just has an absolutely atrocious secondary. They need to figure that out. If Patrick Peterson is really on the block, they need to go get him. But Kirk Cousins, 333 passing yards and four touchdowns. Stephon Diggs got 167 of those yards and three of those four touchdowns. Absolutely killing it. Like I said, I just need to tweet badly about some players and they just, they just kill it that week. That's fine. I like it. What are you doing with these two players moving forward? Are you holding? Are you buying? Are you selling? Like, are you willing to keep playing Kirk Cousins? Because over the last two weeks, he has 639 passing yards and six touchdowns. I'm willing to sell both. I think that... Do you think anyone's buying Kirk Cousins, though? You're probably going to have to hold. I, I think with the, the landscape of the quarterback position, with injuries, with other concerns. I think that some people might be in the position where they need a guy like Kirk Cousins who put up the production in the last two weeks. I think that, again, it's not necessarily indicative of what's to come because they've had some really soft matchups in the last two weeks. And I just don't know if we can trust that it's going to continue moving forward. They are a run first team. Um, They got the New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, which are two very air-friendly matchups. Smart move by the coaching staff to exploit those matchups through the air, but they're going to return to the ground game, right? Like, continue to get Dalvin Cook going. Uh, Kirk Cousins has had three games with less than uh, 25 passing attempts. Not great. Yeah, I'm selling both of these guys. I'm with you there. The matchups were fantastic. You got to look at that. I think they try to get right back to the run game as quickly as they can. They just feel more comfortable that way. They have Detroit up next, who they're no pushover. They're no No. pushover at all. Uh, Washington, who I think they could just beat on the ground. Like, I don't know if they're going to have to throw that often. And then Kansas City, which could be a good game for them. But, you know, they're not a pushover either, really, through the air. So, We'll see. I, I, I'm i fine with streaming Kirk Cousins, like keep playing him. But Stefan Diggs, I just think you can get a lot for him right now. And I'd go test out the waters to see what you could get. Yeah, had 100 yards two weeks ago, then came out disappointed with 44 yards, but came back and blew up in week six. So this is the perfect time to sell him. I do think that he's going to continue to have some boom games, but I think it's going to be on an inconsistent basis. So Um, Just based on just the way that the Vikings are uh, navigating their game plan. Uh, Kyler Murray came out balling, 340 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, uh, 11 rushes for 32 yards. He's making, making stuff happen on the ground. Yeah, he was my start of the week at the quarterback position, and I'm still surprised by how well he did. Like, this is a great passing game by him, and I thought maybe he'd get more points on the ground, but he just did it all through the air. 32 rushing yards on the ground, but so that helps a little bit, but 
Jeez, okay, he looked good. He looked yeah. good. Don't he care could, how you do it. Nope. And he's a hold. He's a he's a great play. Obviously, if you can sell him for any quarterback, if you can sell them for a good piece that's a running back or a really good wide receiver, you do it. But, you know, unless you're getting a great deal, just hold on to him for now. He's doing good. James Conner, 30.9 points in full PPR formats. That entire offense is just, I mean, especially with Jalen Samuels out of the game, he funneled right through James Conner. It flowed through his veins. 16 carries, 7 receptions, over 100. And and that was it, with him being out pretty much a whole quarter. Yeah. Uh, two touchdowns, one through the air, one on the ground. I think that as long as we have a third-string quarterback or even a second-string quarterback, they're still going to be utilizing the run game very heavily just to take some pressure off of the passing game. Yeah, so Connor this this season has been disappointing for his owners. He's had two great games, which is fantastic, but then three pretty mediocre games. Um, he only had one game that killed you, and that was against uh, San Fran, which just people can't run against San Fran. I'm... I think that that is sort of an interesting point, though, because we had that conception uh, of San Fran as being an easier matchup, and now that they're not... We can sort of look back at James Conner's performance there and say, oh, they're they're actually a good defense. Like, we would anticipate that. I'm just a little bit worried about Conner with his injuries. Like, stop getting injured, dude. He has Miami Dolphins up next, so this should be a fantastic game for him. AP just went off on Miami, which I don't think any of us think AP is going to keep going off throughout the season. It's just, it's the Dolphins. So... If you're going to sell Connor, I would probably hold on to him through week eight and then sell him after the Miami game. But for me, because I love Connor, he's a hold. But I totally get if you want to sell him high off this game and you can get some good pieces, I don't hate that. Yeah, I do think that the the biggest concern for me is not necessarily production because it seems like he's getting the volume no matter what. It's definitely what you said. It's the injury concerns. He just comes out each game goes into the medical tent, comes right back out. Like he was listed with a thigh injury, but earlier in the game he came out and it looked like they were examining like his shoulder, upper back. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going he on. He plays very strong. He, I mean, he gets hit a lot and he's aggressive. So that's why he gets hurt. But that's something to worry about. Another guy who plays in that same style, but he, he's been a little bit healthier this season. Chris Carson. He's just continues to kill it over the last three weeks. <laughs> Over the last three weeks, he's had over 100 yards on the ground against, who were they playing? Seattle. They were playing Cleveland. Against Cleveland, 24 carries, 124 yards, and a touchdown. And he added four receptions for 35 yards, which is very nice for Carson owners since he's not usually involved in the passing game too much. It was nice to see. Yeah, I I like Chris Carson. We've been on the Rashad Penny train, but he was inactive again this week with the hamstring injury. You Chris Carson, it. he's killing yeah. it. Yeah, Chris Carson's doing great. Unless he gets hurt, Penny's nothing. So it's the Chris Carson show. He does kind of have a really hard schedule to end uh, the year. So Baltimore and Atlanta come up, which I think those are fine matchups. I think he does well. But then after that, he has Tampa Bay and San Fran in a row. Those are two of the hardest run defenses right now. And then a bye. And then Philly's defense, who's really good against the run, not against the pass. And then Minnesota, who's good against the run, like that's five weeks right there where it's gonna it's gonna be hard to trust Carson. And then the Rams and Carolina after that are not pushovers, so his schedule gets pretty hard. 
All I want to say is I want to compare him to another running back, okay? Okay. I want to compare their schedules and say who I might go after in a trade if I'm going to trade Chris Carson. And it's hard to trade him right now because he's doing so well. So I get that. But Le'Veon Bell, his next two games are New England and Jacksonville. So hard matchups, right? Not great. After that, he gets Miami, Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincy, Miami. Oh. That is delicious. So it just I would just keep in the back of my head that I'm going to keep Chris Carson for two more weeks for these two matchups. And then I know his schedule gets so hard. Le'Veon Bell has two really hard matchups. So maybe he struggles. He just actually struggled last week too. And then I go flip him, flip him. I love that. The schedules match up absolutely perfectly. They do. They do. So I would just keep an eye on that one. Next up, who also has this delicious schedule is Robbie Anderson. He just, Killed it with Sam Darnold's first game back. Eight targets, five receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. I did not think it was going to be that fast, did you? I did not. I really expected it. Uh, Sam Darnold just to, like, take a minute. Dang. No, he came in and targeting Robbie Anderson, targeting Crowder, who also had a a good game with, I think he had, like, 98 yards. Yeah, he he saw the, the targets. Not 17, but he saw a great, great target share to kick off Sam Darnold's first week back. It looks like that connection is the real deal. Yep. I want to buy Robbie Anderson. It's going to be hard after that one. Hopefully Adam Stash. But he gets New England and Jacksonville next. And if Ramsey ever plays again, that could be a hard game. New England, they're just hard. And he's going to, you know, most likely Gilmore is going to be on him. So he could have two rough weeks. And then after that, he has that same schedule that Bell had. Oh, a couple games against Miami, the Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincy. Yum. Go by Robbie Anderson. Seriously. Devonta Freeman has been struggling, but came out this week. Uh, really, really balled out in the passing game. Uh, came down with 26.8 fantasy points, 19 rushes for 88 yards. Uh, zero touchdowns on the ground, but had a receiving, uh, sorry, two receiving touchdowns off of three receptions. How annoying. That's the perfect time to sell someone when he hasn't had a rushing touchdown all year, which you might say, okay, well those have to start coming, which possibly. Yeah. But three receptions and two of them turn into receiving touchdowns. And that's pretty much, you know, I, I guess he had a fine day in yardage, 110 yards, but Looking at his schedule coming up, he has the Rams in Seattle and then a bye. So the Rams in Seattle is not the worst thing ever. But then he has that bye, the Saints, Carolina, Tampa Bay, the Saints, Carolina, San Fran, Jacksonville. Yikes. You are not excited to play him in any of those matchups from bye on. And that's the rest of the schedule. That is a massive yikes, like you just said, in a massive sell. And I think you can, you can sell him right now because he just came off that good game. Sell, sell, sell. So Freeman hard. And Devonta Freeman, he just, on the ground, he really has not looked like himself. Even though the coaching staff has come out to confidently say that he is back to being old Devonta Freeman, he just doesn't look right. The whole offense doesn't look right, though. So if you can sell him for an uh, offensive piece on a better team that might have more scoring opportunities or might be just funneling their opportunities elsewhere behind a better offensive line. I would totally do it. Yep. Terry McLaurin, the rookie that just won't stop. 
Seven targets, four receptions, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. He, when will he stop? Uh, I think now, actually. I, I own Terry McLaurin in a lot. I love him so much. And he consistently is getting seven targets. Like, he just keeps getting seven targets a game, and he's producing with those seven targets. He's never seen under seven targets in any game that he played. He was he missed that game with an injury. But now, in redraft, he has a hard schedule coming up. And when I say hard, like hard, San Fran, Minnesota, Buffalo. Ouch. That's not fun for any wide receiver. He he did okay against New England two weeks ago. He had 50 yards. No, yeah, he didn't do that great, I guess. But he, he did good for a rookie against New England. And then a bye week after San Fran, Minnesota, Buffalo. That's a tough four weeks right there. I might consider selling him in redraft just to see what I can get. If you can get someone with a, a nicer schedule, maybe like a Robbie Anderson. I don't know if I trust that. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't do Terry McLaurin for Robbie Anderson. Really? You should, you should get something a little bit better than that. You I think you could probably get that. Robbie Anderson and an accessory piece. Yeah, maybe two pieces. I might be looking to sell Terry McLaurin, and that hurts my heart because I love him so much. But that's really hard. That's a really hard schedule. Maybe just suck it up through those four weeks and keep him for after that. But it comes, there comes a certain point, right, where you're, you wonder at what point is a wide receiver good enough to not worry about those kind of matchups is Terry McLaurin like do you think he could reach that point in his rookie season or are you just like it also he's a rookie I'm not trusting it it also comes down to his situation his team situation stinks you have no idea if Case Keenum is going to remain the quarterback you would think if they're losing he's not going to they're going to give Dwayne Haskins uh, that opportunity and yes I know they played together in college but as we've seen it does not mean that you're going to have that connection in the NFL because we've seen that with Mason Rudolph and James Washington it meant nothing even though in the preseason the we preseason saw, they laid it up baby so I, I don't know the whole situation kind of scares me in dynasty and pumped to own him and redraft I might be looking to see what I can get for him Golden Tate we brought him up a little bit earlier nine targets six receptions 102 yards and a touchdown no one else was there for Daniel Jones to pass to because Shepard, Ingram, and Barkley were all out of the game. So what do you do with Golden Tate? You look in the cell, you're going to hold. What are you going to do? I'll hold. Okay. I think that he has the opportunity to emerge. I like. We just don't know what is going to happen with Sterling Shepard, how quickly he is going to return. After having those concussions back-to-back so quickly, you do wonder just is there any sort of limitation on – how quickly he can return to the active lineup. He's only doing individual drills. It depends on how long he's going to be out, and we don't really know that at this point. All right. I, I see. I would sell, but I don't think – I don't care about talking about Golden Tate this long. <laughs> I know. So I want to move on to someone a little bit more exciting. Hunter Henry. Oh, my We need goodness. more tight ends in this world. We need more tight ends. He uh, – eight receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns, and a game he was supposed to have limited snaps. I don't even know if he did, but it felt like he was out there all the time. <sighs> I feel back. so guilty. I didn't tell a single person to play yeah, Hunter it was Henry. The right, it was the right mindset. He – you know, we had no idea how many snaps he was going to play. It's not like he was killing the he world. He 66% of offensive snaps. It's not like – Not a bad deal. Yeah, he was not doing anything for fantasy before he went out. So he was always a stash for this, you know, this past week. We told people to stash him, don't play him. I think that was still the right idea. It just, you know, didn't work out. He killed it. He killed it on my benches too, so don't worry. 
it's just nice to have Hunter Henry now, though. If you own him, I'm keeping him because tight ends are so hard. Yeah, I don't know. Like he's I don't not know going who to. I would be willing to sell him for. He's not this. He's not going to be this type of player. He like he's not going to get 100 yards and multiple touchdowns every game. I think Pittsburgh had a game plan, and by the time Henry was like definitely playing, they weren't going to change it up. They wanted to. They wanted to stop Keenan Allen. Like that's what they wanted to do. Keenan Allen murdered them last year. And they lost because Keenan Allen went off. So I think their main goal this week was to stop Keenan Allen, which they did. They did that very well. And then, you know, stop all the other offensive pieces. Like the running game was key too to stop them. Hunter Henry was just kind of like, okay, if he goes off, he goes off. And it proved to be the correct way to go because Hunter Henry went off and they still got their butts kicked. So yeah, I I don't think think this is the reg for Hunter Henry, but you still, it's so hard to get yourself a good tight end that if you get the chance here, I would just hold him. The, the one touchdown that he had though, was one of the best toe taps. I think I've seen so far in the season. Absolutely beautiful. Like just could barely see that little sliver of green in between his little toesies and the white line. It was a beautiful play by Hunter Henry. Great hands. And that was only on 66% of offensive snaps. So I I don't know that there's anybody that you could convince me to sell Hunter Henry for. Well, I mean, there's a ton of people. I mean, there's some, yeah. (laughs) There's a ton of people. But I I don't know if I need a tight end, probably not. Okay, but like a a great running back, you'd be like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not saying like a a trade that's not. You're saying a realistic trade. A realistic trade. Yeah, I'm not saying like, I will give you. Camara for Henry. I'll give, yeah. No. Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, let's get into some guys that blasted your balls. So it didn't help you blast someone else's balls. They blasted your own balls, and you were very upset. Those are the worst. Because you don't want your balls blasted. That probably hurts. I guess we wouldn't know, but that no, probably hurts. I did just accidentally kick somebody in the balls last week. Oh, well, that was with ball. a kickball. Yeah. I kicked him in the balls with a kickball. Hey, Tomas, sorry that Kate kicked you in the balls with a kickball. My bad. <laughs> we apologize for that one. All right, well, let's talk about some of these guys that kicked us in the balls with a kickball. What is going on? I'm so confused. Yeah, man. I'm just disappointed. All right, let's talk about some guys that blasted some fantasy owner balls this weekend. The ouch. F- yeah, ouch. And the Kansas City running backs. I feel like we're just going to be talking about a bunch of teams. There are a bunch of teams and tandems that really, really let us down. Kansas City running backs, we could have predicted this. They had a rough outing in week five. We came back. We tried to start them confidently, yet it's really just turned into this mishmash of mush. They're just getting hard to predict uh, from a running back by committee perspective. What what are we looking at at a week-to-week basis? I think Damian Williams coming back was almost the worst thing for Damian Williams owners, right? Because maybe you got to go pick up LaShawn McCoy or even Daryl Williams, and they were doing much better, or at least in fantasy anyways, than Damian Williams is. He comes back. He kind of messes everything up for that backfield. He had two touches, but he gets snapped. But he only had two touches all game. One of them ended up being a receiving touchdown, so it didn't absolutely destroy your lineup. But two touches, one carry for six yards, one reception for 14 yards. Woof. He has not had more than 26 rushing yards in any game yet. And no more than three receptions since week one. He was the second or a third round pick yep. in he probably was. most of your leagues. And yeah, he's not 
producing at all. He's out. He's not given the opportunity either, though. They're just not giving him the touches. Well, to be fair, if we didn't have LaShawn McCoy there, or if we didn't have the emergence of Daryl William, we might be seeing more of a volume-based play in Damian Williams. He is still... I know the, the Chiefs have lost two games in a row, but they're still the Kansas City Chiefs. Like... They're not, not running it. it. They're, they're not, not running, running it. The LeSean McCoy only had eight rushing attempts. Darrell Williams had zero. So that's nine rushing attempts on the day by their three running backs. It's not, they're just not running the ball. They're not running the ball at all. Darrell Williams only had one reception. So it's not like he took a ton of work there. It just was one reception for 52 yards. LeSean McCoy had two receptions for zero yards. It's just, I don't know how you can trust any of these backs right now. Unless one of them goes down, and uh, unless one of McCoy or Williams, Damian Williams, goes down, I don't know how you can trust one or the other. I agree with you there. They are doomed to be on my bench until further notice. Yeah, it's going to be too hard to sell them right now. I think you just got to hold on, but I would keep them on your bench. Speaking of a running back tandem committee, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, I was so excited for the return of Melvin Gordon. Thought we'd still see some production from Austin Eckler. They were suffocated by the Steelers' defense. I think that was a large part of the game plan, so I I do think that this was just a tough matchup for them in general. I would consider this a buy-low opportunity. Yeah, no, I definitely would consider it a buy-low opportunity. This is another one of those where if you had Gordon and Eckler on your team, you're almost upset that Gordon came back because now you have this decision on who to start and – him coming back just takes away carries and, you know, targets for Eckler. Both of them were terrible on Monday Night Football. Gordon had eight carries, 18 yards. He now has 20 carries for 49 yards since he's been back in the last two weeks. Not, well, three weeks, not really. Outstanding. Yeah, not great. And then three receptions for 30 yards helped his day out just a little bit there in full PPR. He, the week before that, had four receptions for seven yards. So, Yikes. Gordon's just not getting it done right now. It was a hard matchup. Eckler looked a little bit better. Like, when he got the ball, he looked like he was making a little bit more with his attempts, even though he still only had 14 rushing yards off five attempts and then three receptions for 14 yards. So it didn't show up in the stats. I just felt like he was breaking a little bit more tackles. Pittsburgh actually has a dominating run defense right now, though. Yeah, I think the interesting thing, though, is that we have to remember that Melvin Gordon missed training camp he did not get the opportunity to train with his team. He had the opportunity. He did not train with his team. Missed several games to start off the season. So, I mean, this might be part of the process, too, of him working back into NFL football shape. Yeah, it takes time. Remember when Le'Veon Bell held out and then he came back, like, and it, it took a few weeks for him to get up to speed. I think Melvin Gordon becomes Melvin Gordon again. I think Austin Eckler will still have his good games. It's just he'll have some bust games as well. Another guy on that on the Chargers, Keenan Allen. He's been struggling lately. He started off so super hot. And then in the last three weeks, it's been four, five receptions for 48 yards, four receptions for 18 yards. And then on Monday night now, two receptions for 33 yards. No touchdowns. That's not what you were expecting after that hot start. The targets, man, the targets went way down. And I think we have to be concerned with the addition, again, of Hunter Henry, right? Mike Williams coming back healthy. healthy. I I think that this might be... I'm not concerned from a yardage perspective. I think he can bounce back and improve on the yardage, but 
target-wise, I think this might be closer to what we're seeing than 17 targets per game. Yeah, so he started off the year with 10 targets, 15 targets, 17 targets. Since that 17-target game, it went down to 5-6-6. Malvin Gordon being back does take targets away from Keenan Allen and usage. I I don't know if Keenan Allen... Keenan Allen's not going to be struggling like this forever, but I don't think he gets back to that beginning start like he had. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement there. I, I think Hunter Henry and even the addition of Melvin Gordon back into the offense limits his upside because Melvin Gordon's a proficient pass catcher. He gets the offense a lot of work done there. The offense does not look good right now for the Chargers. They no. don't look explosive. Well. Yeah. Their line is struggling with injuries. Marquise Pouncey out for the season. I'm still willing to go buy Melvin Gordon and I'm holding on to him because right now you're not going to be able to sell him for much. But I'm not overly optimistic about his outlook. But yeah. I do think it gets better, for sure. Speaking of struggling offenses, the Los Angeles Rams, man. Wow. Jared Goff, woofty. Season, uh, sorry, career low in passing yards. 78 passing 78. yards. 78. What in the world? I don't even know. I don't know how that's possible. He had like 30 going into the fourth quarter. I'm like, what is that? Does that mean 30 so far in the fourth quarter? Like, I was so confused. Like, we had the games on the our NFL ticket, but you don't notice how bad Jared Goff is really doing. Uh, It showed up for the rest of the wide receivers, obviously, because when your quarterback only throws for 78 passing yards and you have a bunch of weapons that you're supposed to be feeding the ball, they're all going to struggle. So you had Robert Woods with four targets, zero receptions, zero yards. He did get a rushing touchdown to save his day a little bit. Cooper Cup, six targets, four receptions for 17 yards, zero touchdowns. He had four straight 100-yard games before that. Brandon Cooks, three targets, three receptions for 18 yards. And then Gerald Everett, who a lot of us were counting on for fill-in at that tight end position that's just so... Struggling right now, five targets, two receptions for nine yards. Yeah, I for perspective, uh, in week four against the Tampa Bay Bucks, Jared Goff had 68 passing attempts. So just 10 fewer passing <laughs> attempts than he had passing yards this week. It showed up all over the place, but I do think that uh, if you can leverage this into a trade, Brandon Cooks just hasn't been Brandon Cooks this year. He hasn't been the safe bet. But if you can leverage this into trading for a Robert Woods or a Cooper Cup, I don't think that it's the worst idea. Robert Woods has been quietly seeing uh, a decent target share. Cooper Cup has been absolutely incredible. Is this a product of a Todd Gurley-less offense? It could could be. I just think it was more the product of going up against San Fran. I think that's what we need to keep in mind here. San Fran's defense is legit. And, you know, Malcolm Brown also struggled on the ground. 11 carries for 40 yards, no receptions. The whole offense in general just wasn't ready for this game. Of note, Mason Rudolph actually had a better game against the San Francisco 49ers than good old Jared Goff and Sean McVay. Who'd have thunk it? Mason Rudolph actually had a better game than many quarterbacks who went against San Fran this year. We saw Baker struggle mightily. Mason Rudolph looked fine against them, but to get back to the Rams and not our Steelers all the time, Kate, always trying to bring up our Steelers. I don't want to go buy any of these guys. Cooper Cup, yeah, if you can go get him. I mean, he's been on fire. I don't think one bad game is going to make any of their owners really want to sell him, but if you can go get him for, uh, you know, cheap, 
then yeah, go go buy Cooper Cup. But besides that, if you have Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods, you're probably stuck with them for now. I do think it gets better. I just wouldn't want to go buy them. Why take the risks? They're, I don't. They're going to be inconsistent all year. I think they'll have their good games. They'll have their bad games. And then Gerald Everett, if you had to play him, I would hold him. I really yeah. would, unless you have a better option because you picked up a Herndon or Henry. But if you you need a tight end, I don't think Everett's the worst to move forward. He still saw five targets in He's a game. He's still running routes. Yeah, in a game where Goff did nothing. He still saw five targets. He did have the long of the day. Goff's long pass Ooh. of the day was 12 yards. Yeah. He had that, which is kind of sad because then Everett ended with nine yards on the day. And he had a long of 12. So Oops. you can do that math. That's tough math. But I would still keep Everett if you need a tight end. And Malcolm Brown, I'm holding on to him to see if Gurley plays. This is just a really hard matchup. And next week he gets Atlanta and then Cincinnati. So all of these pieces should do just fine in the next couple, ge- in the next couple games. And I want the running back that's starting for the Rams in these next two weeks. And that might be Malcolm Brown. All right, next up we've got Joe Mixon, who is pooping his pants on a weekly basis now. He is not, he, he can't do anything. He, I get that his line stinks. I get that his offense stinks. But, but you still want to see more than what you're seeing. Yeah, he only had eight rushing attempts this past week against Baltimore, 10 yards. That's not good. Zero touchdowns, only two receptions, 29 yards. They're just, they're not giving him the workload. When they do give him the ball, he's not doing much. So I get why they're not. Like, I think maybe they need to be force-feeding him a little bit more than they are, but from a season-long perspective, what do we do? His value is... His value shot. Shot, Unless people aren't paying attention and they just see the name Joe Mixon, uh, his value shot right now. Three out of six games so far, he's had under five fantasy points. And that only hits five if you're in a full PPR league. It's been bad. bad. Uh, Three of those six games, he's had 17 total yards, 27 total yards, 39 total yards. And then the other three, it's not like it's been fantastic. Like one was 63 total yards. That's nothing that makes you excited. 94 total yards and 109 total yards is nice. He's not winning your weeks. No, he's not. Because even the 109 total yard game was only 12 points in full PPR because he didn't get a touchdown. So he's had no rushing touchdowns on the season. One receiving touchdown. It could even get worse, actually, because if since he keeps losing the way they're losing, there's no reason to keep Dalton in the game. You have a new quarterback that you drafted this year. It was later in the draft. But Ryan Finley, you might want to see what you have from your young guy. You're going to lose anyways, so see what you have in him. So it could actually get worse. Maybe Ryan Finley coming in somehow makes it better. I guess A.J. Green coming back can make it better, but his schedule doesn't get any better either. So Joe Mixon, if I could trade him for literally like a a solid piece, it doesn't even have to be that good, I would. What do you consider a solid piece at this point? Like where's the bar for what you would accept for Joe Mixon? Uh, you're not going to probably get a, a running back for him. Would you sell, would you do Aaron Jones for yeah, I'd want Joe Aaron Mixon Jones. straight up? The Aaron Jones side easily. Yeah. And he struggled today, like really struggled. So maybe you can go get Aaron Jones for Joe Mixon. I would take that in a second. Even though Aaron Jones has to split with Jamal Williams, I would rather that than have this running back on this really, really bad team. How about Joe Mixon versus the guy we're going to talk about next, Derrick Henry? 
struggled on the ground today. Derrick Henry all day. If you can go get Derrick Henry for Joe Mixon, go do that. Yes, Derrick Henry had a bad game. 15 attempts, 28 yards, zero touchdowns, one reception for five yards. But this is really his first bad game of the season. He's been consistent, not winning you weeks, but not losing you weeks at all. Just, you know, kind of right in the middle there. Been getting the touchdowns, been getting the carries. Uh, season low so far is 15 carries. So he's been getting the workload that you want to see. I mean, Tennessee just all around absolutely struggled in this game. Yeah, they definitely did. And I did just say I take Derrick Henry over Joe Mixon. It doesn't mean I'm excited to go buy Derrick Henry right now off of his low game. He has the Chargers next up. I think that's a good game for him. Maybe sell him if he has a good game against the Chargers because after that he gets Tampa Bay, Carolina, Kansas City, a bye, Jacksonville, you know, another Houston, and then the Saints. There's a lot of hard matchups in there against the run and then also just a lot of games that they're probably going to be getting their butts whooped pretty soon. You know, when they're playing the Saints or Houston or Kansas City, I don't picture them staying in those games very much. And once that happens, maybe Derrick Henry doesn't get as much work. So Derrick Henry might not be the most fun to own either. I would just rather have him than Joe Mixon. Yeah. Um, Might just at least see the more consistent carry counts, which that's... Pretty important. Um, moving on, we've got... Our boy. Our boy. Juju. Hate to see him on this list. Juju Smith-Schuster. One reception for seven yards. He definitely blasted your balls if you started him, which I did in many leagues, which was sad. But I overcame it, and hopefully you did as well. What do we do <sighs> with Juju? He's not getting quite the volume that we would have expected for him as the wide receiver one, but you've also got backup quarterbacks who don't sling the rock like Ben Roethlisberger. So you need to come to the realization he's never going to bring you the value of where you drafted him. He's never going to be worth that late first, early second round pick where you got him. But he hasn't been that bad either. With Mason Rudolph, I mentioned this earlier, three out of the four games with Rudolph, he's had at least 75 yards. The one game he didn't was against Cincy where they just ran, 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 ran. And then last game they just ran, 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 ran as well. And then you had Devlin Hodges in and he couldn't hit Juju on a wide open. Hits him perfectly. That's a 60-yard touchdown for Juju right in the beginning of the game. That was just a really terrible pass by, you know, our third string Devlin Hodges. With Rudolph in the game, I do like Juju better. You're selling him for nothing right now. So it's really hard to sell him. You're selling him low. I don't think he ever becomes the stud that we wanted this year. You know what I decided, though? He's going to be good in hard matchups against hard defenses, and he's going to be very bad against good def- or easy defenses. Okay. Because Pittsburgh, against easy defenses, aren't going to put the ball in their backup quarterback's hands. They're just going to run, 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 do short little passes because they know they can still win against that. When they're playing a team that's a little bit tough, you know, tougher, they can't just run on them, they have to throw, Juju will be fine. Yeah. So we just have to look at those matchups. So after the bye, they get Miami. Now, I don't think Juju's the best play there because you can run all over Miami and they they will probably just use Connor and Benny Snap. I don't know if it'll be a juju game. But after that, then we start getting some harder matchups. You got the Colts and the Rams, maybe a couple good games there for Juju. And then we got Cincy, Cleveland, Arizona, Buffalo Jets. I don't know. <laughs> there could be some rough games in the future for Juju. Do you sell him if you get a reasonable offer right now? Yeah. Would you rather have Robbie Anderson or Juju? 
Pretend you're not a Steelers fan for one no, I second. Know. I would rather have. <laughs> I think Robbie Anderson has two really bad weeks coming up. Yeah. So that's what's for keeping rest me. Of season. I would rather have John Brown than Juju. Can I say that? Okay. John Brown's schedule is delicious. If I could turn Juju into John Brown, which sounds really gross. Whoa. In redraft, I might consider As that. As a person, if you could morph him into John Brown. <laughs> yeah, I might consider that. He's definitely a Holden dynasty. And uh, But then next year, when Ben comes back, if Juju becomes his 1,400-yard self, you almost have to sell him because you've seen now life after Ben. And life after Ben is not good for it's Juju. It's different. It's not It's different. Good. All right, that is it for our week six stinkers. Man, these guys they stunk up the room. Yeah, there was unfortunately a lot more. We just can't get to everybody. <laughs> we can't get to all the stinkers. Yeah. But we can get to the waiver wire. We've got uh, several buys next week. We've got Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Carolina. A lot of fantasy assets there, so you are going to have to play your waivers. You're going to have to make some moves. If you're going to get through these next couple of weeks. That's a lot of fantasy people. Those are lot. four heavy based fantasy teams. Yeah. And Big I assets. own a lot of Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Pittsburgh. So Same. I'm in trouble for week seven. Better so we're get going, moving. Yeah, we're going to have to go search those waivers. And they're getting thin. Very thin. So let's see. Oof. Some people we might be able to pick up. Uh, the first one up, Latavius Murray. He probably was picked up last week with the news about Elvin Kamara, but maybe he was dropped before because Kamara ended up playing. Murray, you know, had a a decent game, 11 touches, 79 total yards. He did have a long touchdown that was called back for holding. We saw Kamara get banged up again. So even if he plays, maybe they try to limit his workload a little bit. Interestingly enough, I did just see an alert that the Saints are bringing in uh, former running back Traveris Cadet. Okay which is just sort of an interesting thing if they do think that uh, you've got Alvin Kamara, who's possibly banged up, if they're looking to add depth at the running back position. You have to worry that maybe Alvin Kamara is a little bit more injured. Yeah, Latavius Murray, if he's out there, he's my priority this okay. week. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very thin, very thin waiver. Um, Chase Edmonds stealing some work from David Johnson, who's coming up off a back injury, so... I mean, you you do have to consider the fact that David Johnson wasn't fully healthy heading into this week, but he played, he was active, he got plenty of touches. Uh, Chase Edmonds, he saw some work, got in a touchdown each in the last two weeks. Going to be going up against the Giants That's really the only reason why. I think even if you don't own DJ, then Chase is a good pickup here because he really didn't get that many touches. He just ended up getting a touchdown. That's really what it came down to, but with... Them going up against the Giants. I think both David Johnson and Chase Edmonds can have a good week. And you might be desperate. Like, and Chase Edmonds can be used in the passing game. It's yeah. not like he's uh, one of those backs that when you put him in, you know he's going to be in on a rushing attempt. He he can be a dynamic player. So he might be worth one of those. Uh, I mean, I think he's probably one of the more valuable handcuffs in the league at this point, especially given the volume that... Or seeing David Johnson get in the passing game. Yep. Benny Snell, another handcuff. 17 rushing attempts for 75 yards. Very good. One reception for 14 yards. He looked good. He looked good against the Chargers. Now they have a bye week this week. So you can't use Benny Snell. 
Connor was banged up. So I definitely want to go get Benny Snell if I can off the waivers, especially if you're the Connor owner. Jalen Samuels is going to be out. I already said week eight when they come back, they get the Dolphins. So both James Connor and Benny Snell can eat. It'll be nice. And Connor's having a really hard time finishing games. So anytime you plug in the backup, they can get some work in for Pittsburgh. Talking about actual people you can play this week. Again, Mark Walton. No. Mark Walton, the backup, I guess, to Drake and Balage, but kind of took Balage's job in Miami. He didn't do a ton, okay? But he had six receptions for 32 yards. This is vomititious. This is gross. And it's really, it's going to be if you're desperate in a PPR league. Like you, super desperate. You have to be really desperate because they're also playing against Buffalo. Which... <laughs> It's easier to run on Buffalo than pass on them. And that's why ugh. that's why I'm starting to consider this. So we saw in the New England game, right? Like everyone was really bad for New England except for James White. He he got some fantasy points because he's a pass catching back, mm-hmm. the short the short catching guy. That was the guy. best way to move the ball. In yeah, them. and then that is the best way to move the ball. And then we saw that with the Jets week one. Jamison Crowder was averaging seven yards a catch. Like the only way to move the ball on the Bills is to throw it very short. So I'm thinking that could be Mark Wallen. And I'm not telling you to it's start It's a glory him. play. It's a glory play. You might need somebody. That's all. Uh, other people to look out for on the waivers, Chris Herndon and Hunter Henry. We brought him up them up a bunch. Just look out for them. If they're there, even if you have a tight end, I'm going to pick them up because people are going to get desperate and start trading for tight ends. So then you can trade them. And also, these are two guys that um, Chris Herndon in particular he could be flex worthy in a mm-hmm. dastardly well, bye week situation. If Henry keeps doing what he's doing, he'll be flex worthy as well. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. I would just pick him up to in with intentions to trade them. Yeah, if you already had a tight end, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown are most likely picked up already because Todd Gurley sat out last week. Just keep an eye out for them. Maybe only Malcolm Brown was. Daryl Henderson looked good when he touched the ball. So, and he saw seven touches compared to Malcolm Brown's eight. So if Todd Gurley has to keep missing time, Daryl Henderson could definitely get in more snaps. You definitely what? want, obviously, the Rams to pick it up on offense because the 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 opportunity will be limited for both of these guys if they are not playing on a good offense. It's the Rams. What's going on? I think... They have Atlanta next week. Everything's going to get right. So this is what I was going to say was Jared Goff after that week. If he was being played and picked up, he might be dropped. And if you need a streaming quarterback this week, I think Jared Goff is a good option versus Atlanta. And I think Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson, either one is a good play if Todd Gurley sits out. So that's what I was going to bring up with Jared Goff. And then another quarterback that you can consider streaming if he's out there, Gardner Minshew. He had a really bad game against the Saints. So he'll probably be dropped if he was, uh, if he was rostered. He has Cincy next week, and he not was a bad matchup. Great matchup, and he was very consistent fantasy quarterback before this past yeah, week. Got you a nice safe twenty points. Yeah, fifteen uh, to twenty points every week. Just the Saints defense is good. It was a hard matchup, so I think next week he comes back and he does great. He's a good streamer this week as well. If you need to pick up a guy off waivers. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Kareem Hunt, who. Man, does time fly. We're already looking on to week 10. Yeah, because this week is week 7. Week 10, Kareem Hunt is back. Now, I do think it takes a week or two for him to get back in the mix. I really don't think he's going to be super productive until 
the playoffs for fantasy, like week 13, week 14 time. But if you're six and oh, or five and one, or maybe even four and two, and you feel like you have really good depth, and you, you're like pretty much know that your team is headed in the right direction, stashing Kareem Hunt right now is not a terrible idea. Like yeah. that could be playoff winning. Especially while the Browns have struggled in the passing game and their run game actually seems to be the one thing that's working. Absolutely. And then last but not least, one thing I want to bring up before we end here, it's time to protect your studs. You need to have all their handcuffs for your big main guy, especially your running backs. Well, that would be your handcuff, huh? Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, Benny Snell, we already brought up. They have some standalone value by themselves anyways, but they definitely need to be rostered if you have DJ, Alvin Kamara, or James Conner. Well, Alex- if you're not if you're not one of those owners and you want to go ahead and snipe that handcuff from the other guy, because yep. then you know what happens. If that guy goes down before the trade deadline, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho. It is very nice to have that because then if your stud doesn't go down, then you have two studs. Yeah. So it, that is nice as well, but you want to make sure to protect your own as well. So Alexander Madison, if you own Delvin Cook, good pickup. Tony Pollard for Zeke, Reggie Bonifon for CMC. That's a little bit harder one to stomach to actually have a, a roster spot for. He just doesn't get any yeah. work at all. He's just a like a stash sitting there just in case CMC gets hurt. So that's a little bit but harder to stomach. Holy crap! If he goes down, the workload will be yeah out of control. And he's not going to be CMC though. But at least you have someone to fill in for him. And we saw him in limited auction do pretty well. Wayne Gallman for Saquon Barkley. He had a concussion, but he'll be back. Um, they did just sign, who they sign? Buck Allen. Yes, they signed Buck Allen, the old Ravens running back. He he used to be productive for the Ravens, so I guess he could be the backup instead of Wayne Gallman. But we saw Gallman in one game of action do pretty well. So I would probably go the Wayne Gallman route there if you're trying to have insurance for Barkley. Ty Montgomery for Bell, do you think that's worth it? Uh, I... Blah Paul got some work in. I don't know that I'm that overly confident in Ty Montgomery and, like, he looked fine in the preseason. I'm not super psyched to own him as a handcuff. And we don't even know if it would be him because it could be Paul. So that's... It's one to think about if you have a deep bench. I would pick him up if you own Bell. But that's not one where I'm trying to steal someone's handcuff. Like, I know I don't care about yeah, time okay, that way. Yeah. <laughs> Only if you have Bell, you can think about it. And then Jamal Williams and Rashad Penny might be owned in your leagues. But if they're not, they're a couple of the best handcuffs in the league to own. Jamal Williams is already doing well with Aaron Jones being there. So Jamal Williams should definitely be owned. If he's out there, he's probably going to be my top priority over yep. ooh, Latavius Murray or Jamal Williams. Probably Latavius, huh? Uh, I actually, I think Jamal Williams might have more standalone value at this point. Okay. They would be, it would be a really close call for me. I would have to look deeper into the schedules, but when Kamara's actually healthy and you know, there, Latavius Murray's not doing anything. When Aaron Jones has been healthy, Jamal Williams is still looking like, especially in this latest game, pretty decent. Yeah. And then, like I said, Rashad Penny, he's just a handcuff now, but he's a good one to own, but you can't play him until Chris Carson. Don't If Chris Carson goes down. Yeah, don't don't plug Rashad Penny into your lineup. Don't get cute because the ball glass ball blast girls did not tell you to do that. Even though we are the Rashad Penny truthers of the fantasy world, everybody, I hope you did great in your week six matchups. 
We will be back Thursday to give you our week seven ball blast forecast. We can't wait. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.